Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, beautiful. Kate Harlow here. Before we get into this week's episode, very special two-part episode that I'll tell you about in a minute, I wanted to make a very important special announcement that beautiful Miss Catherine Daniele has given birth to her baby girl. If you have not got the memo yet, she was born on July the 19th. Her name is Madeline Sloan Daniele, and she's happy and healthy. Catherine is getting intimate with the motherhood journey. It's been really beautiful to witness her transition into this new phase of her journey. And of course, she's got all the tools and skills to navigate, um, you know, everything that comes with that. So it's a new learning curve for her. And she's taking some time to rest and nest and get to know her beautiful baby little girl. So I just wanted to let you know that you won't be hearing from Catherine for a little while. Um, I will be doing a series of interviews. I've got some really amazing people. Robin Clark, if you've heard of her, you can check her out on Instagram. Mark Groves is coming up. My dear friend Dave Wheel is coming up, who's a man's coach, giving a men's perspective on dating. Some really, really exciting um, love coaches and revolutionary teachers out there that I'm going to be showcasing this month. So but today's episode is really, really special. It's a two-part series with a dear friend of mine. Her name is Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. And Jamie is a holistic sex. She's called the holistic sex coach. You can find her on Instagram. She is the embodiment of sensual energy, feminine energy, sexual energy. She has been in the field of studying Tantra and sacred sexuality and somatic psychology. And she has such a range of experience, uh, embodiment, natural law to neuroscience. She has a range of experience of different trans transformational work and over the last 15 years has created and developed her own holistic body of work to really help empower women, men and couples to let go of patterns that keep them stuck around sex and intimacy so they can have a more fulfilling, erotic, exquisite expression um, in their love life and in their sex life. So she is phenomenal. Jamie has awakened hundreds of women. She has retreats, group courses. She teaches the art of lap dancing and she's so much fun. She's just absolutely brilliant. So wise. Jamie and I crossed paths last September. I met her at a retreat in, um, in Greece, in my favorite place, of course, in Corfu. And we had a magical experience where I just got to witness this woman who's so embodied. She's, she just walks her talk. She's so in alignment with who she she is. She's wildly expressed. She lives a life of pleasure and delight. And her work is so powerful. I know so many women 
are so stuck in this area of sexuality and sensuality because we've been so repressed in the patriarchy we grew up in, in the world we live in. You know, there's so much shame around sexuality, so much confusion. Nobody taught us how. So Jamie is just absolutely brilliant at um, really guiding women back home to the the magic of their body and the, the, the beauty of who they are so they can start to embody their, their sexual energy and essence. So today's episode is called sex and dating, how to embody your sexual energy with or without a partner. And then next week. So this week's all about embodying your sexual energy, learning how to claim your sensuality, your sexuality. And then next week, it's a two part, two part series. Jamie and I next week are going to dive into the topic of sex and relationships, whether it's a new relationship, relationship, a future relationship or relationship you've been in for a long time. It doesn't matter. Um, next week is all about how to bring deeper intimacy into your sex life and your relationships. So both episodes will serve you whether you're single or in a relationship. She is absolutely brilliant. So much magic. And um, I'm really excited to share these episodes with you. So enjoy um, episode 139, Sex and Dating, How to Embody Your Sexual Energy with or Without a Partner with Jamie Elizabeth Thompson. So, you know, sexuality can be this huge insurmountable topic that is very intimidating to dive into, partially because of programming and media and religion and everything that everyone grows up with, that sometimes there's this experience of like, here's me, my body, my mind, my heart, and then my sexuality is way over there. And so what I like to do is really bring sexuality back in, in a welcoming, easeful way, starting Mm -hmm. with sensuality. So sensuality is a wonderful way to really reconnect with sexuality. And I remember personally, I grew up religious and in my household, the, the rule of thumb was work before play and the work is never done. So you get to, you get to play never. And the idea of pleasure and being in your body and being connected to yourself, isn't something that I was ever raised with. So I got to really go out and discover ways of being in my body and reconnecting with myself and rediscovering the, the bliss and the pleasure and the, the simplicity of simply being a feminine being in a body and all of the gifts that that has. And in that there also is sexuality, but often in, you know, those two things get um, confused And there's this idea that you're being overtly sexual if you're simply just sensual and in your body and enjoying food and enjoying dance and and touching yourself. And uh, a little funny story, I was just leading a retreat and one of the women was like, you make so many sounds when you eat. Yeah, yeah. I was just sitting there. "Mm, Oh, mm." (laughs) and it was so funny to just have that reflection and realize like, wow, I do. And I do make a lot of sound. And so I feel that that is one simple access to really returning back into your body is through simply making a sound 
because the sound then resonates through your body. And if you just simply in this moment are like, how am I feeling right now in this moment, everybody do it and just make a sound that Mm -hmm. represents how you're feeling in this moment. Already you're more in your body, you're connected to your sensuality. And so that's just one little way in, but I want to enter this conversation really through this portal of sensuality because it's so much easier to access because we all have access to our senses. Yes. I love this so much. It's so funny. I made a sound this morning in Pilates and everyone in class started laughing because at the end. We did this. It was a really small class, but this one guy who was laughing the whole class because he was he he was having a hard time. I think it was one of his first Pilates classes, and so there was a really playful vibe. And I we did this thing where we stood up, and it was one of those machines, not the normal reformer, but the one with that has like bars above. So we, we stood up, and there's these things hanging from the bars, these like soft, cuffy looking things, and you stick your hands in them, and then you lean fully release forward and it pulls your armpits and your whole back. And I was like, Oh, and I let out an orgasmic sound so loud and everybody started laughing and they were like, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my God, I couldn't even hold that in. And then as soon as I said out loud, Oh, interesting that I would want to hold it in. And I, so as soon as you're sharing this reflection about making sounds, like why do we hold it in? Because we're so concerned about everyone else's experience instead of just enjoying our own. It's, it's so, I love that you bring this up and, and I feel that, you know, before we were this, you know, adult woman, we were children and as children, we make so much sound all the time. Children have no, no attunement yet of when is appropriate to make sound or not. And then as an adult, we forget that freedom completely and, and, and become hypervigilant about disrupting anyone's experience or making anyone uncomfortable or being anything that's outside of the box. And there's just an opportunity to ask ourselves the question is, is that our truth or is that the programming that society says, or you're just supposed to be, you know, really put together and, and, and in, inside, you know, inside this very rigid, this very rigid line, speaking of very rigid lines, another way that we can really access our sensuality is by remembering that the feminine body is more like an S than an H. And so actually just finding a simple, subtle spine circle, in any moment is another way to actually reconnect with your sensuality. And this is hilarious because this is another one I do in public all the time. Like I'm at the DMV and I'm just like spine circling. I'm just I like did it in Pilates this morning. <laughs> rolling my neck around, you know, because it's like our bodies okay. just actually want to be in sound and breath and movement, but we limit them so much. And one way to really reconnect with your sexuality is beginning with really coming back into your body with your sensuality. So another way, in addition to sound is finding a juicy, yummy, sensual curve, which is another thing that one of the practices that I invite everyone into in every program I do is sensually embodied movement, because it's like, when did we think that our heads need to always be straight and we can't ever just move our neck around 
in a way that feels so good. And like, where, where did all of this come from? And is it ours? And what's stuck inside of us when we're not, when we're not moving our bodies? I think like women are like cats, maybe just observe a cat for, cause you, I think of who is Jamie in the world? You're a cat. Like it was the most true. pleasurable experience to be in Greece with you and to watch you, we, to watch you move like a cat, to watch you like you, you literally everything is like about your own comfort and your own. It, it's crazy. It was so cool to watch you. Cause that's, this is how you move through the world. So for all of you cat lovers out there, go watch cat videos on YouTube or pay attention to your cat because they are doing this all the time. They stretch when they need to stretch. They do the cat cow position or whatever. They're always moving and meowing and purring and they're soft and they're sensual. And I feel like they're such an embodiment of that. Absolutely. And there, there's really a, um, there's really an opportunity to, to let go of the idea of what you think that you're supposed to be and actually listen to your body of what is true for me right now. And what feels good in my body right now, even in like body positions, you know, there's sometimes where it's like, I'll be like hanging out with a friend and I'm like, do you want to just like lay down and stretch on the floor? And that's, you know, that's what you and I would do all the time. And like being in sensual movement it rather than just, you know, being still and, and in this, in this, uh, um, in these straight positions, one of the things, one of the women said at the retreat that I, that I just led is this is what human beings want to be doing all the time. After we were just all in complete freedom and joy and pleasure and just, you know, dancing and like unabashedly in everyone's full expression, getting to like feel who they are in connection with other women in their full expression and what that even looks like, what that even feels like. And, and one of the women was like, this is what human beings are wanting to be doing all the time. But like you said, it's like, what is happening in there that all of that is suppressed? And then as we continue to release it, it just makes so much more space for pleasure and joy and more of what we want. Um, All of these practices are you know, one thing that I think is interesting because, you know, last time we talked about more sex and relationships and this time we're talking more about sex in dating and when you like, what's your sexuality when you're alone is so many women depend on men for their sexual pleasure. Mm. So literally outsourcing our pleasure to men and putting a great deal of pressure on them to perform in such a way that we enjoy it when we might not actually have a deep connection with our own pleasure and we're just waiting. And it creates this, like um, this anxiety about needing to have a partner because otherwise you're not connected Mm -hmm. to your divine sacred pleasure, which is your birthright. And you can be just as in your pleasure and bliss when you are alone as when you're in a relationship. When I was alone and I was in all of my practices and cervical dearmoring, which we'll get into, um, I was having a blast. Like I was like, 
I am in a monogamous partnership with God. And unless I see you as God, we aren't going to get together because I was in such a communion with the divine. I was so deeply connecting in my own practices with my pleasure that meeting a man was like, oh, cool. Can you embody as much as much as I do on my own Um, instead of this like hungry searching for them to fill something that isn't already inside. And I'll tell you what, my, my partner and I now have an amazing erotic connection. I mean, it is absolutely wonderful. And he can take me places that I cannot go on my own. That is absolutely true. And the frequency of pleasure that I was in before matches the frequency of pleasure that I'm in now when I was single and when I'm in a relationship. And I bet the only reason you can go there with him is because you went there with yourself because you already have that, right? Like you can't go, you can't be empty in yourself and then go to these, ex, I mean, exquisite places. I would love for you to describe, not, you don't have to describe the actual act, but like, what is the experience? How do you feel when yeah. you're having those experiences? And because I imagine a woman who's, who's empty, who's looking to be filled up from a man and then they have intimacy. It's like, doesn't matter how good the sex is, quote unquote, you cannot experience the, the depths and, and uh, possibility that you could, if you already had that awakened within you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the good news, bad news for everybody here is uh, in this area, the feminine has the power. We are the ones that lead the erotic spiritual connection in the relationship. The feminine beings who embody more feminine energy than masculine energy have an easier time surrendering into the divine and really deeply connecting with the mystery and the unknown. And beings that have a lot more masculine energy um, are more controlling and have a harder time letting go. So the erotic, the emotional, the spiritual are all realms that the feminine leads. These are realms that if you are a woman who embodies more feminine energy, these are your, these are your areas of of leadership. And yet so many women just haven't had the tools of, of how to connect with this. And so I, I love your question. And Um, what it, what it feels like for me is, and I mean, many women there that I've also worked with and talked to about this is there's this, there's this opening of light that happens inside of the body. It's like one of those experiences where, you know, when you're looking at a really beautiful sunset or, you know, at, at a baby or, you know, into a lover's eyes or, you know, something where it's like, you just feel a connection to something that is beyond you. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a, sometimes a visual of light or of like fractal, um, fractal beams or images or visions can come, or there's, there's an ex- many sensations, um, experiences of tingles or vibration um, inside the body. Like the vibration becomes more, there's there's warmth, there's energy that just starts to move and pulse inside of the body. And that's another one. Another one is this connection that is really an unexplainable experience of being connected to all of life. Like one of those moments where you're like, wow, 
I am part of something greater and I can feel the something greater inside of me as well. And there it's, it's an opening. It's a, it's a surrendering. It's like a letting go of the habitual mind and really bringing that energy down, like allowing that energy to move down through the heart and down into the pussy, like, like molasses dripping down. Like it's this, like just deepening into the, the pelvic bowl in, in, in Tantra, the pelvic bowl is known as the chalice. And it's the place where we ultimately hold our power. And when you can really surrender into the power that is inside of the chalice of your pelvic bowl, then there's a whole new experience that opens up and it's not of the mind. It's like the kind of awareness, you know, have you ever had one of those I know you have, but I'm asking rhetorically, have you ever had one of those experiences where you have um, an idea or a knowing that arises from somewhere that wasn't your mind? Mm -hmm. Like it just came in and you were like, where did that come from? But you can't trace back in your mind where you mentally logically came up with it. When you open into this multidimensional full body orgasmic place of pleasure that is here all the time. That's what the feeling is. The feeling is like, where is this coming from? Like, I'm not manufacturing this in my mind. I am connecting to something that is greater than me. That is always here. And I'm opening to it. I'm picturing, <laughs> I didn't have a knowing, but I'm picturing the, the, I'm feeling all the energy of what you're feeling. And I, and I, I was thinking about a different experience and all of a sudden I had this transmission where it just took me back to us being on anti-Paxos. Um, pa- we went to this Island, Jamie and I called Paxos and it's my favorite Greek Island. It's so beautiful. If you ever make it to Greece, I highly, highly recommend it. It's on the Ionian sea, which is the most divine sea I've ever experienced. And this beach, it was a little pebble beach and we were both topless and we went in the water topless. And I just remember it like that whole experience, that whole day, that, I mean, God, the whole week, but that experience the, we were only at that beach, I think for an hour or two. And it was just like time melted away. And I felt so in my body and so in the moment. And so like, it was like butter, like I can't even put it to, but everything sensory, just like completely out of the mind and topless. I've, I, I've barely ever tanned topless in my life and I had no problem and nobody else was doing it. It's not like, Oh, you're in Europe. There was, we were the only ones topless there. Um, but it was so liberating and it was so beautiful. And this, like, I just love hearing you describe it because I'm imagining most, a lot of the women listening are so used to because of our, the box we've all been put in because of the, the, the world around us that keeps us hustling and grinding and pushing and striving and keeps us glorifies being in the head and glorifies being busy and all of these things, we, we're so culturally, dis- societally disassociated from ourselves and our bodies. Most women, we've been working so hard to have a place in the world, really. 
And we finally, you know, have arrived. We have so many more opportunities than ever before. More women are starting businesses nowadays than men. And yet most women had to throw their <laughs> feminine qualities out the back, back window in order to get to where they've gotten to. And yet so much more is possible. And as you describe everything, I'm like, isn't this the point of life to taste it and experience it and be relish in it? And not to disregard all of our masculine qualities because they're needed to be the container to hold us, to get us to where we want to go. But like, there's a, I believe a different way to get there. Yes. Absolutely. This feels like a gateway. I feel like you're giving us the secret recipe or something. This feels like a gateway into a whole new way of operating. Yes. there. It really is a gateway into a new way of operating. And there's a little, thing I like to say that is, you know, the masculine will get you there a hundred percent of the time, but the feminine will have you enjoy the process and the journey. And it's so important to have both. Mm -hmm. And we've been so focused on getting there that we've forgotten to enjoy the journey. And so this is really bringing back in the feminine principle of pleasure and beauty and sensuality and surrender and enjoyment. And it is a gateway. It is a gateway into a completely different way of living. Before I discovered this, when I was just, you know, in, in my early twenties and I was in my journey of, you know, meeting men and dating and, you know, running a business and was very in my masculine, very developed and competent and, in my, my masculine qualities. And I'm so grateful for those skills and I still have them and they absolutely create the container for all of the feminine juicy magic. And it, there was an emptiness and I was constantly searching for a man to fill that emptiness. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're programmed. I mean, from the beginning of Disney, it's like, we're programmed to feel empty and to search in men for, to fill the emptiness or to search in a career, to search in something of the masculine, to fill the emptiness. And it's actually from turning that, like literally taking that plug that wants to plug into a man and plugging it back into me that I realized that I was the source of the wellspring that I was searching for outside. And I remember just the, the feeling of realizing that what I was looking for was actually right here all along. And it's so subtle and it really is, you know, you're speaking of a gateway. It really is dropping into the quantum field. It's dropping into an expanded state of consciousness and an altered state. It's dropping into something that is beyond the mundane, ordinary consciousness. So the, the, the gateway is the willingness and the curiosity to experience something new in the moment, right? Because if we're actually present, no two sensations are ever exactly the same. But we might be like, oh, I felt that before. Oh, I've done that. You know, I've had sex a million times. What's different, right? And it's like, oh, that's such the, that's that's so the 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 masculine. The focus is on the packaging, even in the way you know the femininity is taught in in my industry. It's taught to 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 
really manufacture and create beautiful packaging while ignoring the contents inside. And my work and your work is really about what is the contents inside and how is that filling you up? And then when you're in that place of really being in your direct experience of life happening around you, no two sensations are the same. And you're like, wow. Oh my goodness. And there's just this awe. There's this, there's the, it's, it's like the virginal presence. It like, like if you had never experienced this moment before, mm-hmm. like, what is that? And then, and then all the layers of, you know, the, the jaded one who knows, which is one of my old programs is like, oh, I just know everything. So I couldn't experience anything new because mm-hmm. I thought I already knew. Mm-hmm. And, and then in opening, it was like, oh my goodness, there's so much magic and, um, and just beauty and fulfillment in every moment through the opening to the newness and curiosity. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just think of all the, all the magical moments that are missed, you know, like walking along the sea and not smelling it, not, not like being so busy talking, or I even think of my former partner owned, owns, he still owns. It's phenomenal. If anyone's ever in Vancouver, Annalena, it's one of the top restaurants there. It's so amazing. And it's the most exquisite sensory experience. Like if you're ever in Vancouver, you would love his restaurant. And I would go there all the time with friends, but we would so often we would just be talk, 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 talk. And we'd be having these exquisite, you know, eight course plated, beautiful, like every bite is an orgasm in your mouth. It actually, I took Catherine there and she um, had an, almost had an orgasm and cried when she tasted one of the desserts. She literally was sobbing. She was so moved by the inner experience, which is something you would do for sure. And, <laughs> I've definitely cried at dessert before. <laughs> yeah, it, for sure. I think I saw you cry in Greece. And so it, it, it is like, I just think of all the meals that I ate there. And some of them, I was very intentional about being, especially if I was by myself, then it was much easier to be in the sensory experience because we even get distracted by talking. So you could be walking along the sea and not smell it because you're so busy talking or walking in the forest and missing the magic of being held by the forest, missing the smells, missing the feeling, missing the energy, the messages. You know, if you're there by yourself, maybe you'll actually be connected to your deeper, wiser truths inside because you're being held by the magic of nature. And I think that there's just sensory experiences all around us, but, but most of us, because we're in such a hurry, it feels like that's one of the biggest things we're in such a hurry for what's next, the next moment, the next meeting, the next weekend, the next vacation, the next thing that we miss this, the, the exquisite experience that's possible, even in a shitty experience, you can still create and like, you can still have an amazing sensory experience in a boring meeting at work. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I I love that you brought up slowness because that's one of the access points. Absolutely. Is just to let yourself slow down. That is something that, that always in, inside of this course that I'm going to be starting soon, sex magic cervix. One of the entry points in is to slow down. It's like people come in and they're like, I want to have better orgasms and I want to have more pleasure. And there's even like this anxiety around the experience of it. And it's like, 
how many people, I mean, if you think back to, you know, the beach we were on and you look around, how many people are sitting on this amazing beach that we had this profound 90 minutes on that are not actually there for it. They're not actually there for the experience that they're having because they're, you know, reading a magazine and smoking cigarettes and eating food and and talking and, and doing things in a way that isn't present to the things they're doing. You can have, you can do all of those things and be present with Mm -hmm. it and be in the experience, or you can actually be somewhere else. And how often are we in an experience and we're somewhere else? we're on vacation and we're worried about coming back to work and we're at work and we're dreaming of vacation. And it's like having sex with your partner and you're thinking about something else. You're worried about something else. Right. (laughs) And so one of the things that I want to bring this into uh, sexuality, because there's a way that when you look through the lens of sexuality and how sex and orgasm has been constructed and held in our culture, you see a lens of this. So there, this idea of what I call fast food sex is mm. what is marketed to us. It's quick, it's easy, it's accessible. You can get it through a drive through, right? It's not actually the deep, slow, subtle, intimate experience that we're talking about. That I call gourmet pleasure. So we have fast food sex and then we have gourmet pleasure. And one of the, the ways that we've been conditioned is, is to think that sexuality is about sex only like it's about intercourse. It's about penis in vagina. And we are taught and you put the condom on the banana at sex education. It's like, what is sex education? It's literally teaching you a mechanical technical approach to something that is so much more than that. Yeah. And then porn brings this like high intensity, like addictive, like there's, there's this like addictive quality of, of, of intensity that is also part of fast food sex. And it's then all you, physical porn, it's all physical, it's all physical. And, and, and sex is, is um, so like sex is the physical, right. But there's also the erotic, emotional and spiritual. So there's three elements that really create this trifecta inside of our sexual experiences. When we can tune into our spiritual connection, our emotional connection, and our erotic connection. And that often people are confused. And so I I like to distinguish the erotic from the sexual Um, Because if the sexual is the act and the technical, the erotic is how you approach sexuality. This is from Esther Perel. Um, She is one of my favorite teachers of eroticism and first, first teachers I discovered decade, a decade ago. And um, she talks about the way that we approach sex and she had the courage to start speaking openly on this and have it be not just about, are you doing it or not, but how are you doing it? Mm. And when you get into the, how you get into the eroticism and Eros is the, the passionate side of love, you know, so you have erotic love and then you have agape love and agape love is that like unconditional, we are all one transcendent love. And then Eros is, is that 
coming into erotic form and pleasure. And so there's this, there's when you are connected with your erotic, then there's, there's an incredible window that you're opening into. That's a, a portal of your own sexuality with yourself or with a partner. And just, you know, in the, it's like when you're connected with your erotic self, being in the Ionian sea is erotic, you know, it's, it's like, there's, they, they call it ambisexual and it's, uh, and it, and it means that you're, you're, you're turned on by life. You're, you're turned on by whatever is in your field that it, that you can ping off of as another experience to be in connection with that can create more pleasure. So it's really the practice of being, allowing yourself to be turned on by more than just localized genital stimulation that is from sex. So you're saying the gateway to this, because sensual is the, is the most important first step is like connecting with your senses and your, your sensuality and your body that, Mm -hmm. and that's the gateway to eroticism is the presence connecting with the moment feeling turned on by life, by different experiences. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like, cause I'm just thinking, so for the woman who is, I mean, with or without a relationship, probably there's a lot of self-work that has to happen without your partner, even if you're in a relationship or married, um, so that you can anchor back into these parts of yourself. Um, but are you saying that that's the gateway to, or or the erotic is through the sensual, sensuality, sensuous experience? It, it can be, I think that one way, so it, it can be sensuality. I, I, I also just want to say that sensuality is, is, um, a gateway into sexuality and it's also its own thing. And it's important to separate that for the, the reasons yes. that we shared earlier of like being in your body and being in, you know, making delicious sounds while you're eating or like being in your curves while you're in a public place doesn't mean that you are, uh, being sexual. Yes, and yes. and so I wanted to separate that as, as like being in your sensuality and in your embodiment is, is a prerequisite for really accessing the, the, the deeper aspects of sexuality and eroticism. Now, eroticism is how you approach your sexuality, the way that you move into it, the way that you feel about it, the way that you think about it, because the erotic can also be in the mind. So sensual is very much anchored into the body. The erotic can be the the way that you are flirting with your microphone or the way that you are connecting with you know, I just think of us in Greece and there's, there's a way of, of, you know, there's this, there's this, there's flirtation with life that brings about this eroticism. And, and so the erotic and the sensual can definitely be connected. And for women who are very um, disconnected from their sexuality, I always invite them to go through the door of their sensuality of, or their eroticism. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. It's so important. And 
that it's, it's, it makes life so much more fun. I've had experiences. I was in this tiny town in Spain and uh, no one spoke English. And I had almost had an orgasm from the wind. Like it was super windy day. And I was so, I hadn't spoken to anyone in two days. <laughs> and I was only like having sen central experiences with wine and with food and with the beach and the sun. And I was laying on the beach and it was so windy. And I just got so turned on that I was actively looking for a store to buy a sex toy. And then I was like, whoa, I caught myself this panicked feeling of I'm so turned on, I need to dissipate it. And I caught myself and I just noticed it, put my phone away and I breathe, I breathed into the, the sensation and I just allowed the turn on to be there. And I just kept circulating my breath and just kept basking in the turn on. And then I was there for five days alone in this town where no one spoke English. So the turn on just kept expanding and expanding and it, it ended up becoming magnetism. Like I, and I could feel dogs, children, people, like there was this energy change where I could feel the world around me responding differently to me when I was in that energy. Yes, I, I love how you, you brought up dissipating the energy. Um, because that's a part of the fast food sex culture yes. is like, you feel turned on, you got to like, you know, get a vibrator and, you know, have like a three minute orgasm or, you know, like, like masturbate for three minutes and, and have an orgasm and go throughout your day rather than what you did, which is really opening. You're really like opening to the frequency, like you're going into the gateway. Like when you make choices like that of really allowing yourself to feel the pleasure instead of try to off gas it or get rid of it, mm -hmm. try to, it like, it's like, how much can you hold? Yes. So part of what my practice is, is practicing holding more, like how much pleasure can I hold in my body before I climax? Like how many waves can I experience as you're speaking of with the breaths and, you know, even if you are in a pleasure practice or you are with a partner, how can you tune into those more subtle waves before you force a peak mm. in such a way that maybe the peak just happens like organically and from the involuntary. And so there's these layers of, of sexuality where there's like involuntary, um, involuntary pleasure that, that comes up and, and these, these waves that, that can arise when you're working with something other than just the clitoris. So the clitoris is attached to the pudendal nerve and it's localized, it's localized pleasure. And the clitoris is wonderful. I want every woman to have clitoral orgasms. I'm not against them by any means. They're so important. And there's so much more. And what you're speaking of in your experience is connecting with, with energy that's in your full body. If you would have dissipated that through your clitoris, you wouldn't have actually um, been able to resource and saturate all of your cells. And then notice the magnetic field that that creates of, of how that creates this different experience of pleasure. And other people are then in your attractor field. Mm -hmm. So one of the ways that I work with this is through connecting with the cervix. So unfortunately, in across many studies, 40 to 60% of women don't know where their cervix is. 
So it's this not is your this, fault. Nobody taught it's, us. <laughs> it's not, it's not your fault. Nobody taught us. And if they did teach you, they, they, they taught you that it's only about having babies. And in fact, the cervix is actually the most orgasmic place in your whole body. And it's also connected to your vagus nerve, which is the part of your nervous system that's responsible for keeping you relaxed, calm, engaged when you're really in that flow state and you feel like you're your best self. That's when your ventral vagal system is turned on. So your cervix connects you with that. And when you can open to mapping your cervix back into your consciousness, you can start to open more of these wave like orgasms. And then there's a moment where I was just walking and walking down the street and I started to feel my cervix and I was like, what? And I just started breathing with it. And this was during a time when I was doing a lot of the cervical DRM ring. When you really get into that, she turns on and starts pulsing. And it's like this, this Oracle of information. It's like, she just has this like pulse that comes through and I was walking and I just kept walking and I was like, okay, there's a cadence of my steps and a way that I'm breathing in a way that my hips are moving. That's like activating this. And I'm just like letting it happen, just surrendering to it. And all of a sudden there's just this like vibration that just like flutters up and like felt like it went out, like beyond my body in this like toroidal sphere surrounding my, my system as I'm walking. And it was just like, and everything got brighter. And, and I just felt this like peace and this warm, it was like the, this like warm liquidy sensation in my womb. And, and I just started crying. So I was just like, oh my God, life is so beautiful. Like, where was I just now? Like I wasn't totally present. And it was just like, she just brought me into this place of presence as this guide and this Oracle inside, inside my body. And so there's, there's so many ways that we can, um, really repattern the way that we're interacting with our own pleasure and energy system. And go ahead. It looks like I just have questions. So you want me to ask, or do you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, so for those women that don't know where the cervix is, how, can you explain where it is and what its function is? Just tell us a little bit more about the cervix. Yes. So it's at the top of the vaginal canal. So the cervix is a dime size, um, uh, fleshy part of your body that opens. And that's what the baby comes out of. If you have a a vaginal birth and it's also what, if you're having sex and you feel pain when, when, you know, a, a cock sort of bottoms out in your pussy, that is what it is hitting. And if your cervix is, is armored, then, then often, and, and often it is armored from too much, too fast, as far as intercourse goes and from clenching. And so there's ways that when you can actually open your cervix and allow it to breathe more, begin breathing through it, that these things that used to feel like, like, um, hard penetration, for example, if it's slower and deeper, 
you can open into it and it can actually open you into a cervical orgasm, but we are so armored and tense around, around that area. Um, I know when I started, I felt like in my cervix was all the times that I never spoke up about sex being too rough, too much, too fast, too hard. It was like, I could hear all the, all the, the, I could hear all the times I didn't use my voice. Hmm. You know, it was like, it was like a, 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 a trauma release or really like a letting go and a shedding of so much that is stored in that area. Cause if you think about the, the profound nature of this part of the body that opens to allow a baby to come through. I mean, this is the portal from this world to the unseen realm. I mean, this is literally the place in the body where all of life comes through. Oh my God. I've never heard anyone describe it like that. Wow. I can barely feel myself and my goosebumps are so intense right now. (laughs) Yeah. So this is a, this is a very deep access point to something that is beyond what we currently know. And so the, the invitation with connecting with your cervix is first like, oh my God, how are you? Cause if you ask anyone to feel your cervix and you haven't practiced feeling your cervix, you won't be able to feel, I mean, try it. Can you feel your cervix? I can because I've mapped it back in, but it's like, can you feel your liver? Well, no, not unless you've mapped it into your consciousness. Now, can you feel your clitoris? Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's mapped into your consciousness because it's on the outside. So there's a remapping of this place that is the, the gateway. I mean, the mm-hmm. cervix is truly the gateway between this realm and the other realm. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. And only women have one. Only women have one. This it's, this is, this is part, I mean, it's like, you know, and, and there's, there's parts of, you know, the medical industry aren't necessarily many, many doctors are saying cervical orgasms aren't real. Oh, yeah. They're still, they're still, it's still controversial. It's still, I mean, this is like, you know, female sexuality is so far behind male sexuality. I mean, they really only started studying female sexuality in the eighties. They didn't think that it was real. They thought it only existed to serve male sexuality before that. So there hasn't been, they, they, they thought that, you know, the, the cure for hysteria was, you know, give, give a woman an orgasm. So she's not hysterical, but that's why it's not for her pleasure. You know, it's, it's to make babies and keep men happy. So, I mean, this is, this is new. So when we really move into some of these new frontiers of, you know, working with the, um, working with the cervix, working with the G spot, working with, working with the, the Yoni, which is the Sanskrit word for sacred gate. Um, and is another word for pussy. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit more sacred and spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, but inside the Yoni, when we really start working with that as an Oracle, you know, an Oracle as a guide, as like, what if, what if your pussy is your guru? What, what if she has the wisdom that you've been looking for outside yourself this whole time? And that it's actually in this place that they told you not to look Right. just what if, and so many women that I've worked with have discovered that. 
And that was my path of discovery. And that's why my chosen path of awakening is through sexuality. Oh my gosh. There's so much here. Okay. So I have two questions. You can decide which one you want to answer first, but I'll say them both. So I don't forget. So one is about the de-armoring. I would love to hear a little bit about that. So that if women are interested, and I know you have courses that teach this and, and all of that, and I highly encourage you to dive deeper with Jamie, I'm going to, but the de-armoring process and like what, tell us a little bit about that. And then the other question that keeps coming up is, um, you you talk a lot about the feminine leading in in relationship in sexuality in um, in partnership in the bedroom and I'm I'm curious because most men a lot of men are in fast food sex culture yeah. and you know fast food relationship culture fast food dating culture. I mean, even dating here in Greece, it's been like just crazy. It's crazy to me. I, I met some guy at a coffee shop the other day working at a coffee shop and he at, said he was going to come over and bring a bottle of wine to my place. And I was like, I laughed. I'm like, what? I literally have talked to you for five minutes and you're coming to my place with a bottle of wine. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Like there's just like they want sex before they even know you're a real person. And so um, the question is both for single women and women in relationship, if the feminine's leading, but a man's so attached to the result, like to either us wanting, like him wanting to make us have an orgasm and trying to like rush it or him uh, himself rushing to the orgasm, like how do you lead that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I love this question. And um, first the, the frequency that we've been in, in this conversation and that opening into the world that gives you tingles. And that feels like you're really connected to something sets a particular tone. Mm -hmm. It holds a particular frequency, right? A frequency is, um, a vibration. Everything is vibrating at a certain rate every single thing between uh, every energy, every object, everything has a vibration to it. And when you are embodying uh, the kind of frequency that is aware of yourself in your body, you're slowed down, you're present, you're connected to your desires, you know, your desires matter. And you encounter a man the way that he the, 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 the invitation that he has will already be different. Now he may initially ignore that because he's so habituated into fast food sex culture. So you may have to guide him into gourmet pleasure culture a little bit. And the first thing is by holding that frequency though, because if you start asking for things you want, what I see a lot of women do is they go right to the second step, which is give the invitation for more of what you want. Let them know what will please you. Let them know what turns you on. But a lot of women do that from the place of being critical and demanding mm. um, or from the place of like they're a burden and their desires are a burden and they're collapsed. So they're either on the, the collapse or the, you know, armored demand side, right? So um, 
the second, but the second thing is, is to really, to ask for what you want in a way that occurs as an opportunity. So I call this becoming the invitation for your desire. When you are so embodied in the invitation of what you desire that you ask for it and it feels like this incredible opportunity to serve you, to give you this thing that you want. So, you know, you can, you can always call somebody out for being too fast, right? Or you could bring it in a way that is already embodying your pleasure that is already embodying the experience of what you want to be having, but they might not be giving you yet. You're already there. You're, you're already in the experience of slowness and deliciousness and, and of the, the worthiness of this man who wants to know who you are as a person. And so, you know, that just might look like simply, um, I, really love the slow, deep process of getting to know each other before you come over with a bottle of wine. Mm. Are you open to that? Mm. Right. And then it's like, here you are in a vulnerable invitation that he can say yes or no to, and you're setting a boundary, but you're doing it in a way. And, and then, you know, if it doesn't listen, then it can get a little, you know, a little more like, I don't think you heard me. Yeah. Right. But it's like, it's like staying in your pleasure when you're asking for what you want. It's the yes energy, staying in the yes energy. Don't go to the no energy and ask for what you want because then that feels like a, yeah, I feel like that's really big. Don't say that again. Don't go into Stay the, no in the yes, yes, and ask Stay in for the yes energy right. of, of what you're desiring. Don't go to the no energy of what you don't want to ask for what you desire. Right. That's a conflict of signal. Now right. you are no longer in the frequency that you're inviting them into, which is feminine leadership. The feminine right. leadership is staying in the frequency. Right. You're, you're employing your excellent inner masculine by asking for what you want. But if you are staying in this frequency, it's like people fall into it. It's like the magnetism you were talking about earlier. There's something that is so they're either going to fall into it or bounce out of your field. Right. I love, I love that so much. I'm just thinking of it in relationships, in all relationships, this is how much do women, because they're, they don't feel safe. Their needs aren't being met. They don't feel, feel good. And there's that codependent dynamic of you're responsible for making me feel good. Cause if you were responsible in the beginning for my pleasure, of course, you're going to be responsible for my pain. So there's this constantly trying to get, and so it's coming. I really can feel the energy of what you just said. It's coming from uh, already closed, no energy of trying to get something. And that's never going to get the thing you want because it's not an invitation. You're not actually even open for it. Your mind is trying to get something as opposed to your body being open for the thing you're desiring. Exactly. Exactly. Because so as someone who is by nature, incredibly critical. Okay. That's me. <laughs> um, I noticed that I would ask my partner for something and he would give it to me and it would never be quite right. 
no matter what, because my mind was so sure that I wanted this thing, but it had an idea of what the, what it would look like. And I wasn't open to being penetrated by a new experience, the virginal presence of like, oh, something new is happening now. Like I, I was too jaded. I thought I knew, I thought I knew, and I was too jaded and too critical. And I wasn't actually open to receiving something new in the moment. And it's incredibly vulnerable. This is, it's vulnerable to actually receive what you want. Saying your desire and receiving it might be one of the most vulnerable things a woman ever experiences in her life. Yeah. We, and mentally we can get so attached to that idea, but the actual embodied experience is something completely different. And we get attached to like, because we get attached to what it looks like, that's the self-sabotage because we're attached to the idea of it as opposed to actually welcoming the experience of it because we're actually terrified on a deeper level to really let it in and to probably receiving is a huge piece of this. Yes. And, and then, and that's, and then we go to the third step, right? So the first step is embody the frequency. The second step is ask for it become the invitation invite from the yes energy. And the third step is receive, receive whatever you are given. Like it is the most delicious, exquisite dessert or walk on the beach. Like it's like actually open yourself to the quality of savoring the quality of relishing, even if it's not exactly right. Because we get to receive our own opening. The illusion is that we're receiving something someone else is giving to us. We are actually receiving our own opening. So we can receive our own opening, even if what was given isn't the thing that we thought we wanted. And then you get to experience what you actually, like what's actually meant for you in that moment. Cause it's there yeah. and it's like, that's, that's what you're actually meant to experience. But most of us are missing it. Cause we're so busy trying to control what we think the experience is supposed to look like. This is, I mean, oh my gosh, we could talk forever. This is amazing. I, I feel like we're in a vortex right now. <laughs> we're in the realm. And I, I imagine that if you're listening or you are listening, if you're hearing me talk right now, <laughs> I feel like I'm high. I imagine you can feel the frequency of this and I, and you know, press, press repeat and listen to this episode over and over again. Cause there's so many subtle nuances, not just to what you're saying, but to how you're saying it and to how embodied you are in the energy and frequency of what you teach every, I mean, this is who you are. I mean, I met you and was like, who is this magical alien unicorn? Like just from another realm. And I just observed you the first few days, just like, whoa. And then we magically manifested this week together alone at the most epic, exquisite Airbnb. Um, yeah. The, with the most divine, divinely pleasurable week, like let yourself go there, let yourself have this pleasure. I love all of this. It's like all the, we're trying to, we're trying to find love in all the wrong places. We're trying to get loved in all the wrong ways. Like it's just everything out, everything most of us are doing is so counterproductive to what you actually desire in your body and your heart. 
So yeah, give it to yourself. So de-armor, let's talk about de-armoring. Yeah. So this, and, this and then we'll great, wrap it up. I mean, it's going to, it's a long one. <laughs> yeah. This is a great, this is a great ending. And, you know, cause it, we can just talk about the, the, the practice, right? So um, inside of the sex magic cervix course, which I will be leading as a live group. And it's also a self-led course, but I'm going to be leading it as a live group coming up. And what I love about leading as live group is we get to be in the frequency together. Like there actually is a, a quantum field of reality that holds this work that is beyond any other aspect of my work that I've really ever experienced because we are working with the cervix, because we are working with the, the, the portal, the gateway to the infinite where all of life comes through. So if you can imagine in this life of all the things the cervix has been through, if you just take your, take a moment and close your eyes and actually tune into your cervix and see like, what has she been through in this life? How many times have you clenched instead of opened? How many times have you not given her a voice when she wanted to speak? Mm -hmm. You know, how many times did, did you not share what you desire? And she, um, took the, took the brunt of that. Mm -hmm. And also because, you know, in energetic law, it's like our energy pools down, it, it pools in the pelvic floor. So all the unprocessed material ends up pooling down in the pelvic bowl. And when you begin to work with the cervix, you can release all the epigenetic and, and generational trauma from your family, as well as trauma from this lifetime of your personal trauma, and actually start releasing it through a practice of breathing and sounding and working with releasing the tension, much like you would work with releasing the tension when you get a really good trigger point body work massage, you know, where you're working with the trigger point and then all of a sudden it releases. And when it releases, there's an incredible opening for something else. There's an incredible opening for more of your true energy. There's a, there's an opening for more divine essence for more life, for more pleasure that is available when the, when the little aspects of, of trauma get released. Nice. So it really is a, a cervical dearming is a trauma healing practice. Um, first and foremost, it's, it's a releasing of tension and it's a way of accessing um, the soma, you know, the deeper, the deeper aspects of your somatic psyche that are holding tension. It's, it's also a visualized energetic practice. There's many different ways that we work with dearmoring. It's not only physical, it's also energetic. Um, but once it releases, then there's so much more orgasm available. And then eventually this, the, the cervix becomes orgasmic. And there's, there's a new kind of orgasm that you begin experiencing that you may have already experienced. Often the orgasms that have um, a lot of tears associated with them where you just are like, oh my gosh, what's happening right now? You know, if vision changes, like sometimes light changes or like fractal things happen, or um, you're like, wait, did I just black out? Like, you know, some of these these altered experiences are signs of a deeper internal orgasm, possibly a cervical orgasm. So many women have had them and don't even know, 
but then it's like how to make this a practice, how to allow yourself to surrender to the divine in this way. And so that's, you know, so that's really the, the, the practice of, of cervical dearmoring. And we, we also work with, you know, yoni massage, and it's not only the service, it's not only internal, it's also the whole body. And it's also around the yoni and really just opening this whole area as, as a prayer, you know, where, where your orgasm becomes a prayer, where, you know, your yoni becomes a portal to something greater. And, um, it's, it's truly a, 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 an experience of spiritual awakening. You know, I, I don't think there's a woman on planet earth who doesn't have sexual trauma because of fast food culture and patriarchy, because of all the times that, you know, whether it's rape or date rape, or, you know, saying yes to your husband, when your body's a fuck, no, and you're completely disconnected and you feel no emotional intimacy and no safety. And like, we've all said yes, when it's actually a no. And the, the trauma that we hold in there. Like, I believe that every woman on planet earth needs this. I want you to come and work with my clients. We'll talk about that after. So I, I, I'm just like, we all need this. This is, this is, and, and it's the portal. And, and I know your program's called, is it sex magic? It's sex period, magic period, cervix period. <laughs> sex dot magic dot service. Um, and, and I, what I love about that is cause I've heard other people talk about this. Cause of course you're, and you can maybe touch on this before we wrap up. It's like this, the cervix and the sacral and that, that whole region, the pelvic bowl, this is your, also your creativity. Like the sacral chakra is your, it's your life force energy. It's your sexual energy and it's your creativity. It's your, and you know, we're all creative beings, every single one of us, but most people are disassociated from their creativity unless it was fostered as you, when you were growing up, most of us just get cut off from it. And so, you know, that's another way to connect with our souls and connect with ourselves in a deeper way is through creative expression. And if you're locked creatively, you have a hard time writing or singing or moving or like, it's all there. This is such a gateway for so many aspects of our life. I mean, the, 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 definitely creativity. I'm so glad you brought that one up using your voice Mm. and opening your heart because also, I mean, there's so much information about this, but in, in, in Taoist philosophy, they, they look at, you know, like foot reflexology, they look at the Yoni as there's reflexology points and the cervix is the point of the heart. So it's all the way at the top. It's the opening of the heart. So there's so many different things that you can really connect to through this. Yeah. Also manifestation. There's also something that opens in the surrendering to the unknown that allows for greater manifestation to come into your field as well. I kind of think this is the secret. I mean, like, I'm like, I feel like the service has, it's, it's just been this incredible, magical experience in my life. Yes. This is crazy. It is. Um, that's why people cry. I couldn't, sorry for interrupting you, but it's like the heart. As soon as you said that it's the heart, I didn't know that the cervix is the heart. And that's why when you have a sexual experience and you start sobbing uncontrollably and you don't know why it's because you've just connected and, and penetrated your heart. I just, oh my God, I've tingles all over. I have almost this whole time. I am so thankful for this conversation. I'm so grateful to have you in my life. You are such an embodiment of 
everything that you stand for. And that to me is the most important thing in the world. There's, there's a lot of disembodiment out there and you are like the full, the full deal. You just, I'm so in awe of you and so inspired by you. And I'm so grateful that you did this with me and I love you. And yeah, we'll probably sprinkle you in, in the future too. It's just amazing. Your, your, your wisdom and your gifts. And I highly encourage you all to check out Jamie on, we'll, we'll, we'll link your Instagram and the program link will be below as well. Um, but any last words? Oh, just thank you so much. I, I really appreciate having this conversation with you and I can feel you feeling it and opening into it, which is incredibly fulfilling for me because not everyone can feel the energy. So it's truly a gift to be met in this experience with you. And I just love you so much. Love you so much. Amazing. So go check out Jamie on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Holistic Sex Holistic Coach. Sex coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, holistic sex coach on Instagram and join her for the sex.magic.cervix to awaken your cervix and magic and manifestation and attracting your ideal love and just like fully embodying the magic and the power and the pleasure of who you are. So often women listen to the new truth and they're like, but how, but how, but how? This is one of the best gateways to getting out of the fantasy fairy tale love story and getting back into your own pleasurable experience. And from that place, you will call in aligned partnership and aligned lovership and aligned sisterhood and all aspects of your life. So thank you for listening. If you know a woman who needs this message, all women on planet earth, send it over. Um, Love you so much. And we'll see you next week. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the new truth podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group, and we will see you soon.